you go into your shower feeling tired. But as soon as you reach for the Irish Spring, your day immediately gets better. That crisp, fresh, unmistakable Irish Spring scent zings your brain and awakens your senses. So when you finally emerge from the shower 37 minutes later, because you pay the water bill so you can stay in there as long as you want, you're ready to take on the day and smell great doing it. Irish Spring Body Wash and Bar Soap. Fresh, green, Irish. Shop now at a store near you. And now, Move the Sticks with Daniel Jeremiah and Bucky Brooks. What's up, everybody? Welcome to Move the Six. DJ Bucky back with you, Buck. Uh, I heard we have a football game tonight. Have you heard Have you heard this rumor? <laughs> we do have a big uh, football game coming up tonight. We have the Buffalo Bills making their way out to L.A. to take on the defending world champion L.A. Rams in SoFi Stadium, which is adjacent to NFL Network's offices. So this is a great opportunity for us to see what the defending champs look like and what one of the top Super Bowl contenders will look like on a big stage. Yeah, no doubt. It's going to be fun. I'm so excited we made it. Football is back. Uh, if you're interested in that game and want a, a little bit of a breakdown on that game, go back and listen to our previous podcast because we did a draft of who we would pick from those two teams, put them all in one pool, uh, and, and came out with some of the top names, some big-name stars in, in that game without question. Uh, but today, what we're going to focus on, we've got uh, – you know, we're going to each identify one game that we are setting our sights on. You're going to be calling the Jags game. I'm going to be calling the Charger game. So we'll remove those from contention. But what other game do we think is the most meaningful game? It's going to tell us the most uh, this weekend. So we'll break that down. We're going to look at these wide receivers. It was a year of transition. Uh, so many of these guys changed teams. So we're going to kind of look at those guys and see kind of floor ceiling conversation on what we should expect from them. Uh, this season and then uh, we also have to draft our Super Bowl contenders we're going to start the season we've got to go big picture uh, we do this every year so we'll have a draft we'll go ping pong back and forth on uh, on who we like as these top Super Bowl contenders uh, but before we get to all that I, I do want to touch on some college football here at the top book because the news just came out Dabo Sweeney just got a contract it's going to pay him over 100 million bucks um, taking him into the 2030s I, I believe there it is 115 million uh, running through 2031 so a big contract for him. You, you've been, you grew up around that area. You knew what Clemson used to be back in the day. There was a little bit of a lull. He really brought it back. So good on him uh, for getting that contract. But I'd like to know before we get to, you know, what coaches you want to uh, invest in going forward. I do want to get your thoughts just on Dabo and what's made him so successful. I think Dabo has been really successful because he had a clear vision for how he wanted Clemson to evolve in terms of he wanted a program that could compete for national titles. Growing up in that area in North Carolina, Clemson was always the big deal in the ACC. Danny Ford had gotten the team and the program up to prominence. They won a national title, I want to say in 1981. But the team had never really become what I call a household name until Dabo Sweeney took it over. And what he was able to do, bringing in generational talents at quarterback, being always able to have what I would call stars along the defensive line, and then playmakers on the outside. So when you think about Clemson and what they've been able to do, they've shown us a championship model by investing in quarterback, defensive line, and playmakers on the perimeter, and it's worked for them. And Dabo Sweeney deserves a ton of credit for being able to get this team into the conversation with the likes of Alabama, Ohio State, and the traditional powers. So hats off to him, hats off to them, because even a down year in Clemson involves winning 10 games, he has done a great job of resetting the standard for football at Clemson, and it's one of the reasons why this team is always in the conversation as a national title contender 
doing his tenure. Yeah, we're uh, we're definitely along the same uh, lines of thought here because I literally wrote down on my paper quarterbacks, pass rushers, playmakers. So we've been around each other too long, uh, and that's <laughs> and that, that's really what that's really what football is. The college football is about those three things: to win national championships, to be relevant each and every year. You got to have a great quarterback. You got to have a defensive line that can hold up, and then you got to have guys that can make plays with the ball in their hands. And he's been able to do that. Now, the interesting thing is, I think if you look at this Clemson group. Man, the defensive line is dominant as as we've seen. You know, you look at that group against Florida State, and they've got dudes up and down the line that you know NFL guys, big time dudes. Maybe one of the better defensive lines they've had at Clemson. But the quarterback play has slipped. It's not what it was. You know, when under you know when they had Deshaun Watson and, and Trevor Lawrence, it's it's not at that level right now. And then you look at the playmakers on offense. I don't know that these. these I look at that receiving core, Buck. I, you tell me. But from what I've seen thus far. I mean, I, I don't look out there and see a Sammy Watkins and Mike Williams, T. Higgins. I, mm-hmm. I don't really see them at that level right now. So, you know, maybe the ACC's down. It doesn't matter right now. Uh, but for them to chase championships again, I think they're going to have to get a little bit better at quarterback and a little bit better at playmaker. You know, they're not the same in terms of what they were. They had such a run. DJ, for the last eight to 10 years, they've always had marquee, high end, five star, A plus playmakers on the perimeter to complement what we talked about with the pass rushers. Right now, they have some intriguing young players. Bo Collins is a player that maybe we'll talk about down the line, but they certainly don't have what they had in Sammy Watkins and DeAndre Hopkins and some of the other guys, Mike Williams, that have come through there. And so maybe they were mature, but they're lacking, I would say, the explosiveness that we're used to seeing from the offense. And the quarterback play hasn't been as consistent as it had been when they've been at their best. So we'll see if DJ can get it going or if they turn to the freshman somewhere in the season. The common denominator between their best teams, they've had an A-plus quarterback that played at an A-plus level. 100%. Um, all right, so before we get to drafting our Super Bowl contenders, uh, why don't we start off here and, and keep this college football thing going? Okay, if you can buy um, – let's. I'll give you three guys. You can pick three coaches that you're basically buying their stock for the next decade. So – just three guys. And so keep into account, maybe, I mean, you think Nick Saban can coach into, you know, his 80s, I guess. I don't know. You can you can throw Saban out there for the dominance he's had. Um, but I'm curious to see what three names you would come up with for the next decade. Well, you took the words right out of my mouth because the next decade, I'm going to try and win on the front end. And so I'm going to go with Nick Saban because okay. when you look at the roster that Alabama has assembled, the playmakers, the defenders, the transfers that come in, Alabama's going to be in the conversation as a national title contender for the next five years at a minimum. And we know that the way that Nick Saban has built this program, they're going to be fine even after he's gone. So, yeah, my money is going on the guy who has done it better than anybody else in the recent era. I'm going to go with Nick Saban. Okay. All right, give me two more. I'm going to let you rattle off your three, and then I'll give you my three. See oh, if we have some crossover. Two more. Wow, two more. Um, well, look, I'm going to stay in the SEC because football's a little different down in the SEC. Yeah. The monster that Kirby, Kirby? Smart yeah. has built. Yeah, he's got to be on there. Oh my he's, God. Number one, he's number one on it my is, list. It is unbelievable to look at a team that just won the national title, to watch them play one game and say, ah, this team is better. This team is better than the last person that I saw in the last version was a dominant team that played maybe the best defense that we've ever seen in college football history. But, man, they are so good. They're so talented. The way that they play, they're able to impose their will. And I'm going to say this, even though I don't believe he's a high-end prospect, Stetson Bennett is a better player this year than last year. Yeah, he's the a good college he player. We'll see if he's hands, more than that, but right now he's a really good college player. I mean, 
he is outstanding in terms of distributing the ball. Yeah, I get, Kirby Smart and, and Nick Saban are right there. I'm going with Nick because he has more titles right now, but Kirby Smart, he may surpass him because I, I don't know when this machine slows down. All right, one more. Give you one more here. Okay, so he's a friend of the program. I really like what Mel Tucker's doing at Michigan State. I like that. I, I like the know. toughness. I like how they're recruiting. I like how they built the program in a in a really kind of in the same mold that Alabama and Georgia has been built. And it makes sense because he spent time with both of those coaches. And so the recipe and the blueprint for Michigan State is very, very similar to the way that those teams became powerhouses. I like what he's done. And the fact that he's been able to go into the Big Ten in his second year, he was able to win it. I believe that we're going to continue to talk about Michigan State being in that conversation as a fringe contender each and every year. All right, so I'm going to I'm gonna give you my three, and I'll give them to you quick, because the way I looked at it, if I'm going to buy a coach for the next decade, I'm looking at resources, I'm looking at recruiting, um, and then I'm looking oh, yeah. at you know what he does as a coach, you know what he can do to facilitate winning. And so when I look at those three factors, my three, I'll give them to you real quick. Kirby Smart would be number one. That's uh, fertile yeah. recruiting ground. Everybody gets offense and defensive linemen out of Georgia. You've got quarterbacks coming out of there that we've seen lately. I mean, they're loaded. So you've got oh, the resources. Yeah. They're, they're all in. So I go Kirby Smart, number one. Uh, number two, for the next decade, I'll go Lincoln Riley. I know they're going to make their move to the I Big do Ten, but you, USC has infinite resources. And if we were just talking about winning national championships with quarterbacks, uh, playmakers, and pass rushers, SC's always going to have quarterbacks. They're always going to have playmakers. Now he's got to go out and get some pass rushers. That's going to be the challenge for him. Uh, but they have the capabilities to go out anywhere in the country and recruit when they're at their best. So he would be my number two pick. And then Ryan Day, you know, Ryan Day's still young. Look at everything he's accomplished yeah. at Ohio State. You've got recruiting and resources there. The only hiccup there would be if the NFL comes calling and he decides he wants to leave. But I hope he doesn't. Um, I like what he's uh, he's continued on there at Ohio State, what he's uh, built off the success they had previously with Urban Meyer. So those would be my three, Kirby, Riley, and, and Ryan Day. All those programs are solid. All those programs are always talked about in terms of the college football playoff. USC is an interesting one because – we have seen the resources that they have available. We have seen Lincoln Riley make an immediate impact when it comes to, I would say, upgrading what they're bringing in at quarterback. It will be a different team stylistically that we're seeing from USC than we've seen in the past, and that is going to be problematic for others. I think there's some other teams that I would and programs that I would keep an eye on. Uh, Penn State is one because James Franklin has done a good job of recruiting. They produce a lot of pros hasn't quite necessarily caught all the way up in terms of their success in the Big Ten, and actually, but they won a lot of games at Penn State. I also am saying this. I'm still bullish on Jim Harbaugh and what they're doing at Michigan. He said he's not going anywhere Last now. Year. He's, he's chilling there now. Uh, I know. If he stays, I just like the toughness and the physicality. I'll keep an eye on those two programs, Any, even though both of those come in the Big Ten. I think we are going to see the champions come from the Big Ten and the SEC until someone – someone else rises yeah. up and really clearly shows us that they can compete with those big heavyweight conferences. All right. Um, let's get to the NFL. It's kicking off tonight. We've got Bills. We've got Rams. We do this every year. We like to draft our Super Bowl contending teams. So these are basically, it's somewhat of a power ranking. It's like a joint power ranking of, of how we would rate these teams in, in, uh, in terms of being Super Bowl contenders. Uh, I'll, can, I, can I start us off here? Do I get, can I get first pick? Yeah, you get first Everybody, everybody has been going Buffalo with this pick, right? Everybody's picking Buffalo to win the Super Bowl based off what we saw last year. They're so close. Josh Allen, how great he is. They bring over Von Miller. Um, and that's like the conventional wisdom. 
I'm going to stick with it. I'm going to go Buffalo. I was going to try and set you up for a little curveball there, but I'm, I'm going to go. I'll go Buffalo with my first pick here, Buck. Okay, well, I like that you went with them with the first pick because what I would tell you, as an old Nature Boy Ric Flair fan, I would say to beat the man, you got to beat the man. man. And so when I think (laughs) about this team, the Buffalo Bills, tonight we'll get a chance to see if they're really ready to be the heavyweight contender because when I look at the L.A. Rams, the L.A. Rams can give it to them because the L.A. Rams went back into star power. So the Buffalo Bills certainly should be in the conversation for number one, but I can't take away the championship belt just on, uh, I guess, speculation and innuendo. The Rams have to be number one for me because until someone knocks them off, I can't give away the title. I just look at the star power. They've added Allen Robinson and Bobby Wagner to a lineup that already features Aaron Donald, Cooper Cup. You have Matthew Stafford. You have Jalen Ramsey. You have all the stars that you can want. And I told you, they're built in an L.A. fashion, meaning – they're flashy, they're glitzy, they're glamorous. They're everything that we think about in Hollywood. In fact, I got a little suggestion for SoFi Stadium. I think you need to put stars down, like the walk on Hollywood. I think you need to put stars down with those guys' names and let us walk on those those, those bricks of stardom because the greatness is all in the building. I'm loving what the L.A. Rams are doing. They're my number one team. All right. Uh, I can't argue they're they're uh, they're the reigning Super Bowl champs, but I will give you an argument, and I say that I won't argue, and I'm going to argue. I'm going to say right team wrong, right, right city wrong team. I, I'm going to go, and I'm going to get crushed. Oh. oh, you're a homer. You call the Charger games. I'll put this you're Charger roster up against anybody. Yeah, that's fine. I'll take that abuse. You've been a homer. Uh, You've been a homer. No, I, I just I look at this and I say Herbert. I don't know. There's a quarterback I'd rather have. He's right in that conversation, best quarterback in the league with everything he can do. And by the way, he finally gets to play in the same system two years in a row. So we'll see what that looks like. Austin Eckler, oh yeah, it was 20 touchdowns last year. Keenan, Mike Williams. Now um, you go on the defensive side of the ball. J.C. Jackson might miss a few games early, but he'll be there for the majority of the season to go along with Khalil Mack and Bosa and Derwin James is healthy. I mean, you talk about stars with the Rams. The city of L.A. is full of them. Uh, Chargers have a bunch of stars as well. So I'm going to go with the Chargers with my second pick. Well, I mean, I understand that because it is loaded with star power. The quarterback is an absolute superstar, Justin Herbert. And we saw what he was able to do in year one and year two. I think year three, he becomes a candidate for the MVP. Because if we talk by, about By the way, roster, I've, told you, I've told you what they call him, right? That there, He works out uh, with Dato and all those guys in L.A., uh, Tom House is his place. Um, and they said all these NFL quarterbacks, they're talking like 15, 20 NFL quarterbacks are there. And when Justin Herbert walks in, they, they literally refer to him as secretariat. Because he looks different oh, than everybody wow. else they got there. That That's literally his wow. nickname in that facility. Like, oh, Secretariat's here today. Like, you want to go throw with him? No, no, I don't want to throw next to him. That doesn't make me look good. I'll, I'll pass. How crazy is that, DJ? But you know what's crazier? It's crazier that now, and looking back, like, how we didn't give him his flowers when he was oh, coming man. through as a draft Tell prospect. Like, just looking at the size and the arm telling and all that other stuff, it's a lesson for all of us. Man, whoo, that dude has a lot yeah. of talent. But I, I can't let you just take the division crown away from the Kansas City Chiefs, like without contestant, this is a okay. team that's won six straight. You go, we're just going to give away their title? No, no, no. The Kansas City Chiefs are in the mix. They always go because what they do is they always win a division. And when you win a division, you get a lottery ticket to go dancing. And no one knows better how to win these games than the Kansas City Chiefs. We saw them snatch a victory in 13 seconds with Pat Mahomes making it happen against the Buffalo Bills, who everyone is touting as a Super Bowl favorite. I just believe that even though it looks differently for the Kansas City Chiefs this year, they still end up in the same spot. 
they still find a way to the AFC Championship game, knocking on the door to get to Super Bowl 52. Love this team. Love the coach. They always figure it out. So I'm banking on the Kansas City Chiefs. Figuring it out again. All right. I'm uh this is gonna be our what, our fifth pick right now? So we've uh yeah, we've each had four. That there was a team in the Super Bowl that played against the Rams, right? That was winning late in that game, had a chance to win the Super Bowl that hasn't got picked yet. Oh, yeah, their oh, quarterback's yeah. young and up and coming and hadn't even scratched the surface. Give me the Cincinnati Bengals with my third pick uh, all day long. This is an offensive line that was atrocious last year, Buck. They couldn't be worse. And they went to the dang Super Bowl and almost won a championship. So they've made upgrades along that line. I think, you know, we talk about being able to win in different ways. They can do it. You saw Joe Mixon on the screen just a second ago. You want to kind of grind it out. He can grind you out. You get yourself uh, you know, in a little bit of a deficit early in the game. You've got one of the most explosive passing offenses to play catch up. Um, and you've got a defense when you get a lead. They, they can go hunt the quarterback. So I, I think it's a complete team. I think they're kind of a forgotten team uh, for all the success they had last year. I don't think it was a fluke. They're not going anywhere. No, no, they're not going anywhere. They're one of the teams that you have to worry about because they're explosive. They have firepower. They have the ability to put 40 burgers up on anybody. And the scary thing is Jamar Chase. Ooh. Oh, he's going to another level in year two. So this team is legit. It's just a matter of how do they deal with success? That's the part of it. How do they handle success? How do they go from being the hunter to the hunted? Because now everyone will use the Cincinnati Bengals as the measuring stick. But let's go to the NFC because I feel like the NFC is being neglected. And I'm going to mention a team that everyone has already poured dirt on, even though. They have a four-time MVP. How about Aaron Rodgers and the Green Bay Packers? Is this you or Neil? Who's making this pick? Let's go with the Green Bay Packers as a Super Bowl team. And I'm going to say that the formula that they're going to be forced to play with is actually a better formula for them winning. See, because they don't have all the shiny objects on the outside. So this team might need to be a little more defense, running game, Aaron Rodgers as the complimentary playmaker. A little more control a little more old school, maybe even a little more Vince Lombardi-ish in terms of A.J. Dillon and Aaron Jones being able to run the run the ball because they run the ball and have a little more balance. I think this team is better positioned to win in the postseason. Give me the Packers. I'm willing to stand up and say, go Pack, go, because I think they're going to be one of those teams that we talk about in the Final Four. Yeah, that's a good pick, Nabil. Uh, all right, let's let's uh, let's go through our last <laughs> two picks quickly here. Uh, we can keep the train moving. So with my fourth pick, um, gosh, I can go in a lot of different directions. I'm tempted just to stay in the AFC because the AFC is absolutely stacked. But I'm going to go – I'll go NFC, uh, try and put some balance in here. I'm going to go the 49ers. Um, I, that's my pick actually to come out of the NFC. I'm, I'm in on Trey Lance. I told you I played one fantasy league. I drafted him as my quarterback. So I'm all in. Uh, I know Jimmy Garoppolo's presence. Everybody's freaked out about that. Don't be – I think Trey Lance gets off to a hot start. Um, you'll see it running, throwing. They're going to be a much more explosive team. And that defense, that front, Nick Bosa, I think is going to be a defensive player of the year. They're, they're absolutely loaded. They are absolutely loaded. The one question mark is the guy that we see, number five. We've talked about him reminding us of Donovan McNabb in terms of how he plays the game. Well, he's going to have to play like Donovan McNabb very, very early in his tenure because now he has Jimmy Garoppolo hovering over his shoulder, just hanging in the balance in case he falters. I don't think that makes him crumble. I think that makes Trey Lance step his game up. This is his team. Let's see him do it. If he does it, they're going to be in the mix to win it. All right, who do you got? Who's your fourth pick? Ooh, this is so tough, man, because I'm sitting here torn because I'm looking at the AFC, and I'm looking at the team that 
I don't know. We, we, we kind of left for dead. How about the Baltimore Ravens and Lamar Jackson and company? This was a team that was in the mix as a playoff team with a ton of injuries to all their star players. We know the odds say that you won't lose that many guys to injuries the next season. Lamar Jackson comes back. Marlon Humphrey, Marcus Peters. You have Ronnie Stanley. You have a running game that really tests you. And I love what they did in the draft. More tight ends, more big bodies, more physical football, more punch you in the mouth to make sure that they retain their identity as a dominant running team. If they run the ball and play great defense like I expect them to, oh, yeah, man, they're going to win the division. And they might get the number one seed. Give me Lamar Jackson. I'm going big on the Baltimore Ravens. Yeah, they stay healthy, and we'll see them against the Jets week one, see what this team looks like with Lamar Jackson uh, back healthy and 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 how explosive and dynamic are they going to be. It's probably going to be what we're looking at right now, uh, more of the same. So uh, I don't fault you for that pick right there. My last pick, Buck, I think you got to go back. I don't know what year. It would have been in our heyday, I think mid-'90s. I tried to look it up real quick, uh, what year this album came out. It, it was right in our right in our wheelhouse. Do you remember Arrested Development? Oh, I do. I do. You go. You going Tennessee? Tennessee, Tennessee. Yeah, Tennessee. They beat everybody in the AFC last year. They they found a way somehow to lose a playoff game where they had nine sacks, which is the darndest thing I've ever seen. I know they lost Harold Landry to injury, but with Mike Vrabel, you know how they play. And this is what they're going to get. You're going to all these high flying teams, all these quarterbacks in the AFC. This team is going to line up and just punch you in the face. I mean, that's what they do. And I think Simmons is one of the best defensive linemen in all of football. Um, they're good along in the trenches. They can run it down your throat. They can shorten games and just need Ryan Tannehill not to turn the dang thing over three times in the most important game of the year. So I'm going to go with the Titans with my fifth pick. Okay. Now I like the Titans, but I'll put an asterisk there. I believe they're a much better team when they put Malik Willis in because Malik Willis runs Ooh. around like he ran around in the preseason to go with Derrick Henry. Oh yeah. I'm all in on Tennessee Titans, but as presently constructed, uh, I'll wait and see. I'll wait and see on them. So your team. So to quote the song, why does it have to be so dang tough? Is that what you're saying? Yeah. Why does, why does it have to be so dang tough? <laughs> I, I, I just I just go. I just like the Malik Willis version. If I was playing the video no. game, we're playing Madden. Yeah, he's I, in I the swap lineup. out. Yeah. He's in the lineup. He's in the lineup. Yeah. Okay, so right, last my team, let's, let's go back to the NFC because you have a run-dominant team. And this pains me. I got on green. I'm going to go to Philadelphia Eagles. I'm going to go with the Philadelphia Eagles as a Super Bowl team just because if they are what we think they are in terms of the upgrades that they've made defensively and then offensively with A.J. Brown coming in and Jalen Hurts developing, it's a tough team because the NFC is wide open. We saw this team at the end of the year run roughshod over everybody. Well, now what you've done is you had the development of Jalen Hurts plus the addition of A.J. Brown to go with Devontae Smith. This team has everything. They don't have a glaring weakness outside of what you may think Jalen Hurts can or can't do in the passing game. And so this is the wild card team to keep an eye on as a Super Bowl contender because if Jalen Hurts plays like we got a hint of, a preview of the way that he played in the preseason, this team is going to win a lot of games and they may snatch the division from the Dallas Cowboys. Yeah, I think that Tyron Smith injury is enough to, to flip that to the Eagles. I really do. I, you know, Jason Peters, the former Eagle, going to the Cowboys. We'll see how that works out. 40-year-old offensive lineman. Uh, I think the Jets have seen uh, what happens with an older offensive lineman. Looks like, you know, they just brought in an older offensive lineman, Dwayne Brown. It looks like he might not be able to post week one. So uh, it's just tough for those guys to stay healthy in the trenches at that age. 
Uh, okay, we're going to talk some wide receivers, uh, big names in new places, and what the expectations will be with them. Uh, we're going to get to that right after this. You go into your shower feeling tired, but as soon as you reach for the Irish Spring, your day immediately gets better. That crisp, fresh, unmistakable Irish Spring scent zings your brain and awakens your senses. So when you finally emerge from the shower, 37 minutes later, because you pay the water bill so you can stay in there as long as you want, you're ready to take on the day. And smell great doing it. Irish Spring Body Wash and Bar Soap. Fresh, green, Irish. Shop now at a store near you. All right, Buck, let's talk some wideouts. Uh, big year of movement this year. Uh, a lot of guys changing room or changing places here. Big names, Devontae Adams, Tyree Kill, Mari Cooper, A.J. Brown. You've got other guys, Robert Woods, Christian Kirk, D.J. Chark, Marquise Brown, that draft day trade going from Baltimore to Arizona. Jarvis Landry was a late sign there with the New Orleans Saints. Uh, of all these guys, uh, big names and, and some guys you're expecting to really take a leap in their new spot, which guy are you most bullish on? Which, which stock are you buying of all these dudes? Well, the side that I'm buying is on Tyreek Hill and the Miami Dolphins. The reason I'm buying is because the Miami Dolphins have so much invested that it has to work out for them, not only in what they gave up to get Tyreek Hill, but what they have invested in the young quarterback, Tua Tagovailoa. And so because of all of those factors, number 10 is going to get loose. He is going to be targeted early and often. He's going to touch the ball a ton, not only on the vertical passing game, but on horizontal plays that allow him to use his speed to run away from defenses across the field. I expect them to be big time. And so all the numbers in the production that we saw at Kansas City, I think he carries over to Miami and he helps elevate Tua Tagovailoa's game. We'll see the best version of Tua Tagovailoa, whatever we, whatever that is. But we can see the best version of it. Yeah, see, I'm going to buy Devontae Adams, but not for the same reasons. You talked about Tyreek Hill coming in. He's going to post big numbers. That's going to help out his quarterback as well. I, I think you see Devontae Adams' numbers drop a little bit. He's going to a team with so many other guys. I think what he's going to do is he's going to put Darren Waller back on top as potentially the best tight end in all of football. You're going to see his numbers explode. You're going to see Hunter Renfro continue to ascend. They just paid him in the offseason. I, I just think his presence is going to make such an impact of, on others around him. So I, I think some people looking for the just monster numbers. I think he's going to have really good numbers, but I don't think they're going to approach what he's done in Green Bay because there's just there's a lot more mouths to feed in in Vegas. And I think it's it's good for everybody uh, that they're going to be able to spread the ball around. I'm excited to see this group uh, this Sunday uh, against the Chargers and see what it looks like. I'm curious to see what Josh McDaniels does to make sure he keeps everybody engaged in the game until he finds the high hand and then he wears out the matchup that he finds favorable on Sunday. All right, let's let's uh, let's go one more. Give me one more name on this list that uh, you're fired up about. It's a lot of dudes, man, that change places. We kind of went the two headliners there uh, with Adams and Hill, but give me give me one more. Well, I'm going to go with another headliner, A.J. Brown, because A.J. Brown is a big impact player in Philadelphia. His presence kind of changed the way that you have to defend the Philadelphia Eagles. Before, they were good with Devonta Smith on the outside because everyone had to respect the running game, and he got a lot of one-on-ones. Well, now with A.J. Brown, defensive coordinators are now in a dilemma. What do I want to do? Do I want to go all in to stop the run and run the risk of A.J. Brown and Devontae Smith going nuts? Or do I want to double A.J. Brown, take my chances with Devontae Smith and the running game? They have really created quite uh, the dilemma for defensive coordinators trying to figure out how to stop an offense that will absolutely hit you in the mouth. A.J. Brown is going to be a big, impact, impactful player, regardless of whether the numbers are what they were in Tennessee. 
Yeah, I think he fits philosophically. I mean, he goes from one bully team to another bully team. That's what the Eagles want to be when they're good. They're beating people up, and I think uh, he fits into what they're doing there. I, I like that one. I'm actually going to go with the guy that you're going to see each and every week, Christian Kirk. Um, I thought there was a lot of grief he took for the amount of money that Jacksonville gave him, but I'm just going, you know, what I, I've seen of him and the growth of him as a player and then going off of you, Buck. I, I trust you more than anybody. You're out there. You're around this yeah. team. You've talked about how – well, he's going to be target rich, uh, going to get a lot of opportunities, and he has the trust of his young quarterback in Trevor Lawrence. So I think there's a chance as we go through this season, all those people that got on their high horse about how the Jags you know, grossly overpaid Christian Kirk, maybe they backtrack a little bit. Yeah, I think they should backtrack. He's terrific, man. He, he's a great little player. And you have to understand, Doug Peterson comes from a system much like Andy Reid before they had Tyree killing those guys where, look, it's going to be a by-committee situation, but – if you can be an outstanding route runner, you can find a way to have success. He's one of the best route runners in the league. He he have plenty of production in this offense. Yeah, I, I agree. So we'll see what it happens. Again, a lot of these receivers, new places, we'll have our eyes on all of them uh, this upcoming weekend. And we're looking at our favorite game of the weekend, maybe a game that's going to tell us more than any other game, uh, Buck. Again, you've got Jags, who they got? Washington, I believe. Um, yeah, they're going to road to play the Washington Commanders. So you've got that one. I've got Chargers Raiders. So we're going to remove those. Uh, but when we look at the rest of these games, obviously a big one Thursday night with the with the Bucks and or with sorry with the Rams and the Bills. Uh, but when you look at the rest of this slate of games, which one do you think is going to be the most meaningful? That's going to tell us the most. You almost took the words right out of my mouth when you said the Buccaneers <laughs> and the Cowboys. And so this is a big game because one, it's America's team playing in it, so it's going to be a big deal. But I need to see what what is going on with Tom Brady. And the Buccaneers. In most instances, Tom Brady returns. We anoint the Tampa Bay Buccaneers as a Super Bowl contender. You notice when we drafted our top 10 teams, the Buccaneers were not involved in that because there's no. a little wait and see about this team. Injuries on the offensive line. What are they going to look like on the perimeter? Julio Jones, Chris Godwin, Mike Evans. How do those roles get assigned? And then the defense. Todd Bowles goes from defense coordinator to head coach. Does that weaken the defense because now he has more responsibilities on his plate? My eyes are on this game, not because of the Cowboys, but more so because of the Buccaneers. And what are they going to look like as we get into the 2022 season? Yeah, and if I flip it over to the other side of that game, uh, you know, look, Dak Prescott coming into the season fully healthy, ready to rock and roll. The question is, who's he going to throw the football to? Uh, lost some of his key yeah. weapons. What does that look like? Um, how do they divvy up the backfield carries? I think it's been a popular conversation between Pollard and Elliott. How does that, what does that look like? Um, and then for the defensive side of the ball, I mean, just from a usage standpoint in this game, I'm excited to see, you know, Micah Parsons and, and where they distribute his reps. How much is he going to be off the ball? How much are they going to let him get after the quarterback? Um, that's going to be something to keep an eye on. This is a Cowboy team that took the football away a lot last year. Um, you know, are they able to do that in this game? I, I I get a feeling the Bucks come out slow this year. I think they get it going and figure some things out as the year goes along. But a lot of a lot of different factors: new coach, offensive line injuries, Tom's missed time. Kind of factor all that stuff in, Buck. I just don't see the Bucks getting off to a hot start. We'll see. No, it, it, it's harder because you worry about the hiatus with Tom Brady. This guy is ultra competitive. For him to be gone that long in camp, you just wonder: is he going to be able to refocus? and really bring what we normally used to seeing from a seven-time Super Bowl champion when he's on the field. Okay, let me give you my game that I'm keeping an eye on. Uh, I'm going to go Kansas City Chiefs on the road against the Arizona Cardinals. And it's intriguing to me for a couple of reasons. Let's look at the Chiefs side of things. No Tyreek Hill. We've talked about the impact he's going to have. 
with the Miami Dolphins. Now you take him off the Chiefs. Patrick Mahomes has come out and said, hey, fantasy football folks, you're going to have to guess right because it's going to be a different guy every week how we're going to distribute this thing. So I thought it was classic. Um, but is this is this offense still the dynamic Chiefs offense that we've become accustomed to? Or is this going to be death by a million paper cuts? Um, I'm curious to see what that looks like. How are teams going to defend them now? Does that change? All the too high safety stuff that we saw limiting the big plays without Tyreek Hill, maybe they see a little more single high. Who knows? Uh, I'm curious to see it from the Chiefs standpoint. Then flip it over to the Cardinals. Kyler Murray, I mean, what an offseason. Uh, you go from scrubbing all the stuff off your social media. The agent comes out and says, you know, we're going to want to get traded if we don't get something done. Um, then they get the contract done. Okay, that's all good news, except for the clause that existed that said he's got to watch four hours worth of tape, uh, which was a, a news cycle in and in, in, out of itself uh, for a good period of time before it was pulled out of the contract. So you got a lot of different things to look at in this game, but let's see how Kyler Murray comes out. That's going to be a fun one. It's going to be a fun one, not only because we get a chance to see Kyler Murray uh, deal with the pressures that come with the expectations of a player play performing under that contract, but Hollywood Brown. How does Cliff Kingsbury get Hollywood Brown into the mix? Hollywood Brown is a big-time playmaker, a guy who's been a Pro Bowl player, in a new offense, he wanted more opportunities, so now he should get those opportunities because the Cardinals don't have Nuke Hopkins for the first six games of the year. Can Hollywood Brown come over and immediately fill that void as the number one receiver in the passing game until DeAndre Hopkins returns? Yeah, uh, that's a lot, of, a lot of things to look at. Again, a great slate of games. Those are just two that we'll have our eyes on. Uh, tune in to us, though, on Monday. I believe Rhett's going to be back with us. Um, so we'll have our recap show where we're really diving into the tape, what we saw from those games the day before. Uh, I'm sure uh, Bucky will have a little report from the game he was at. I'll have one from uh, from the one I'm at as well. Rhett adding all together and, and kind of helping us run this whole show. So be sure to catch us next week as we recap all of the week one action. Uh, reminder, you can find more Move the, Sense, Move the Sticks content on NFL's YouTube uh, channel, NFL.com, and the NFL channel, and the NFL app. Uh, so there you go. You can find all of our good stuff there. Appreciate you guys hanging with us. We'll catch you next time right here on Move the Sticks. You go into your shower feeling tired, but as soon as you reach for the Irish Spring, your day immediately gets better. That crisp, fresh, unmistakable Irish Spring scent zings your brain and awakens your senses. So when you finally emerge from the shower 37 minutes later, because you pay the water bill so you can stay in there as long as you want, you're ready to take on the day and smell great doing it. Irish Spring Body Wash and Bar Soap. Fresh, green, Irish. Shop now at a store near you.